Welcome to the Cleveland Leadership Center's Voices of Leadership podcast, your place for candid conversations with those leading the charge to make Northeast Ohio a better place to live, work, play, and visit. This episode is a recording of a live Zoom session. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us for lunch. Uh, For the first time, welcome. If you're a regular CLC luncher, it's good to have you back. So today, you're all here for Jason. And I know, Jason, you have a huge fan club from the LC class of 2017. So big shout out to all of them. Jason is a serial creator. He is the founder most recently of ThunderTech, which is an integrated marketing agency which accelerates brands to innovate. He has a national footprint with his agency and has grown from his brilliance of one person advancing brands to now over 40 employees. He engages in brand building and digital transformation, as well as communication strategies. He's been recognized as one of 40 under 40, and we're very fortunate to have him as a member of the Cleveland Leadership Center Board of Trustees. So Jason, welcome, and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you, Marianne, and thanks, Rachel, for the setup. Um, so <laughs> Marianne, uh, gave me about 10 minutes. So I'm going to start a timer because especially my LC classmates know how much hot air I'm uh, capable of. And I got a couple notes I'm going to look off to the side on. Uh, so I'm not going to bore you with a PowerPoint, anything like that. Uh, I'm going to move through here because I really would rather prefer to get the questions. So tee those up, get them at me, um, but let's jump in. So as, as it was said already, uh, today we're talking about planning what consumer behaviors uh, will be changing, both short and long term. I think everybody on this call understands that our personal behaviors have shifted in the last several weeks, and, and frankly, our organization uh, that we are part of or that we lead or that we volunteer at uh, are also changing. Now, there's less and less debate I'm seeing week by week as to how much of the normal we're going back, right? So I'm going to get into that as well. Um, for those of you that uh, do know me, uh, I can't believe you actually joined. So thanks for ch- jumping on. For those of you that don't, let me just give you a quick snapshot. And, and again, maybe this can influence um, some of your questions. Uh, I'm not going to go into every area. I'm, I'm a product of small business, having grown up in it and around it. Uh, also, obviously running my own. Uh, ThunderTech works with a lot of a variety of size organizations, a lot of middle market, uh, plenty of large enterprise, some small business, um, nonprofit, civic, government, etc. I'm on, as Marianne said, uh, the CLC board and uh, two others. I chair one board. So anybody in the nonprofit space on this call absolutely understand at least a portion of what's going on. Um, so let me give you a kind of an opening uh, act here, uh, just to give you again more more understanding of some of the exposure we've been able to see in my business. Um, Marianne's heard this story, but I've I've enjoyed now saying it a few times. In the course of two days, uh, I woke up one morning where a senior account manager had called us uh, feverishly, you know, uh, crazy about about what had happened. 
And she had told myself and another manager that the Coast Guard had just shut down one of her largest accounts. Okay, that's interesting. I walked into lunch telling my wife, well, the Coast Guard has just uh, pushed back a giant uh, slug of advertising that we, we count on. But all right, that's interesting. We'll keep moving. Uh, by the afternoon, the IOC, which is the Olympic uh, International Olympic Committee, had postponed the Olympics for a year. Uh, one of our uh, proud clients at ThunderTech is the is USA Track and Field. They make more money in those two weeks than in the four years leading up or in between. So it was a huge blow to their organization of a few hundred people that support that, uh, that great sport. So that was a pretty weird day. Um, then the next morning, I got a call from a private sector, and it was somebody in food distribution. Uh, their biggest client is Disney. Well, as we know, the resorts were shut down. We fortunately were in the midst of pivoting some uh, B2C, some uh, consumer delivery, and he laid out no uncertain terms what the uh, obstacle was and uh, took credit himself for it, that he was, he was a hurdle, promised to work very fast, but we had to help him save his business. And there was 200 people there we had to save. Um, so we've seen a few things, as you guys all have, and I've seen it across sectors. Uh, I think where we have gone in the last um, couple of weeks is that instead of discussing how this ends, we're really discussing how do we continue. Right, we just wrote, wrote an article. Uh, we're writing a lot of articles. I think education is really important during a time like this um, about a constrained future. Right? It's definitely in the short term. It's probably in the midterm that we're going to be a mix. Right? Some places have not shut down because of the nature of their essential business, but certainly operations weren't the same. Um, as the rest of us that may have been remote during this time, certainly office workers, start to slowly peek back in, right? It's not the same. It, we're reimagining our entire office layout, and that itself is going to be just very strange. strange. Um, and, and that's not to say anything about our buying habits, right? So we're living in this constrained, immediate future. And it's this, this blend of habits we've picked up over the last two months. You know, there's, there's AC and BC now, or BC and AC, right? BC's before Corona, AC's after Corona. I don't think there's an after right now. Like, um, we hear more and more stories about people talking about their grandparents or parents or whoever that they've heard stories from about the Great Depression and the habits that stuck. This is a different time. It's the same idea that habits will start sticking the longer we continue into this, not just the lockdown, but the constrained future uh, that we go for. Um, the good news, I think, during this whole time is that organizations have started to really show that American ingenuity, right? Um, take this webinar, for example. Uh, not because I'm speaking on it, but I have joined a few prior to this. I don't think this was on the roadmap for CLC. If it was, congrats. But if it wasn't, right, the speed at which they reacted to it, our interest as fans of CLC or even just um, peripherally aware, logging in and educating ourselves and, and, again, trying to build community this way is just an incredible thing. So people are adapting, right? I think that we are, we are cramming years' worth of innovation into the next few months. And while that's unsettling to a lot of organizations, cultures, individuals, it's a great opportunity right now. Um, 
and organizations are frankly having to adapt just merely because of survival. Uh, I've got this quote I've used in the past. Uh, thankfully, I don't pull it out too often, but being around 21 years, we've seen a few crises. Uh, it's Bill Gore from Gore-Tex. And he was quoted as saying once that companies do their most impactful creative work during a crisis because disciplinary boundaries fly out the window, right? We don't have to have committees, reports, and study something endlessly. We have to adapt quickly. And that's frankly what all your consumers are doing, right? They are adapting. They're taking the path of least resistance to interact with you or your product or whatever your offering is that they need and moving on with their life because they've got a lot of decisions to make right now. Um, this, this transformation, I think, is intriguing because we all of a sudden have had customers that have come to us saying, um, you know, for years we, we battled about selling direct or going on Amazon or doing something way outside their comfort zone. And conversations changed a lot. Uh, so now it's about how quickly can we do that, right? So while it would have been nice to have made, you know, certain decisions months or years prior to this, nobody had that kind of foresight. But it's what are you doing now and how are you listening to your, your customer? The, the stages that we're talking about consumer behavior in with, uh, with folks out there, basically in three parts, right? And maybe you've seen these already, but I think they help to compartmentalize how we act along, along a, a bell curve, if you will. So the first is the adjustment phase, right? Where, oh my God, what's happening? Um, what does this mean? How are we going to, to continue on, right? We're mostly through that. In fact, some sectors I think are weeks, weeks through that. But then we move into this peak, uh, the middle third of that bell curve. And that peak is really where, again, um, we know it's not normal still, whatever we thought before Corona BC was, but we're getting used to it. We're adapting. Uh, I've figured out online ordering. Uh, I've done whatever. I've tried out this, you know, Instacart thing, and uh, the groceries showed up at the, the front door. I'm not sure how it all happened, but it happened. And I'm going to try it next week and the week after, right? So you got this peak phase. Now, the longer... Uh, and again, I'm not going to get into the, the scientific or the polit political side of all this, but the, the longer some of these issues continue, that peak phase, frankly, keeps hanging out there. So maybe instead of a bell curve, right, it's a, it's a little wider. Uh, but that last third then becomes the recovery or, frankly, the reemergence stage. So you could see this just for those of us on the, on the call that are working from home. Whenever we reemerge just to the office, there's different behaviors that will take place in that stage versus the peak. Many of us um, have gotten used to working from home. Many of us don't like it, but you know we've gotten used to it. So why study consumer behaviors? Right, I think you know that's uh, why we're here, uh, interested in this topic. That um, we have to know what the future means for organizations. Uh, the old, you know, 21 days to build a habit, it's kind of trope, but uh, we've been using that a lot, saying, listen, you really think if someone got used to ordering, let's just say groceries, right, we all have to eat, they're just going to stop? Now, many people can't wait to go back into the store, but the longer this takes, the more comfortable they'll be, 
and the more they'll question why they need to go back into the store. Um, I want to remind everyone too that a time like this is not about our personal opinions, right? This is absolutely a time to, when you're planning on consumer behavior changes, research, ask, surveying, um, whether it's constituents, donors, members, customers, et cetera, uh, it's, it's a great time to do that. Uh, we're breaking the ability to uh, look at behaviors now also into three sections. I'll run through these real quick so we start getting into some of this Q&A. But basically, and again, there are a hundred ways to, to look at consumer behavior. But we're looking at how does, a, how does an audience find you, right? Has that shifted? Discovery, research, et cetera. Um, how are you found? A lot of us, you know, expand our networks via personal interaction, right? Events, et cetera. I miss those coffees, but I know I'm not going to be having one for a while in person, at least with somebody. So how am I adjusting? How are we becoming found uh, in this blended world, right? In a constrained future, what changes for the organization in terms of discovery? Then there's the action phase, the second place on consumer behavior we find. You know, for some of us, it's definitely purchase, right? Whatever I offer, it's purchase. But, but what is that action, right? It might be a donation. It might be, again, whatever your organization does. Um, how does that happen? Uh, how will the purchasing uh, adjust during this time, right? You can look at, and this is a very interesting area I think you can get ahead on. All right. Alarm just went off, so a wrap soon. Um, you look at things like grocery, right? I think that's always an easy one because we're all all consumers eating at the end of the day, right? We went from uh, buying and hoarding soap, hopefully Akron Purell, right, to then uh, tissue, which is a, a Harvard Business School case study in and of itself. To then uh, what saw spikes after that were as um, more people were staying home uh, or indefinitely, uh, if anyone has college students, high school students spending more time at home, uh, cheese, snacks, coffee went through the roof. Uh, then it was followed by butter, bacon, lunch meats, beer. There's more beer ordered online than ever in the history uh, of, of online tracking in by late March, right? We didn't have to get through April. We just knew we needed it now. Um, and then again, from a curve perspective, that purchase, the purchase habits and grocery went to then uh, the proteins, right? And the things to cook more with. And we were starting to, you know, grab anything out of our pantries. And again, some of this will just stay steady, right? So there's so much that when we think about it, we can't anticipate how the customer or audience is going to react in the near future. Um, but also, how do we deliver? How do we receive what we're doing? So CLC delivers knowledge, right? And they're delivering it via Zoom. Um, probably not the way that they prefer to do it, but it's the way we can do it today. And it's, it's maybe going to stick the longer we have to, to be here too. So... Some of the easiest, I think, areas with consumer behavior is just going back to the customer, whoever your customer audience is, how do they want what you're offering? I have had um, only two salespeople call me that said, 
we know you're not in the, in the mood to buy what we sell right now, but we want to know how we can serve you when we come out. I mean, it was a great sales tactic, obviously, but they were asking us how our needs were going to change, how we thought at least. And it was an excuse to extract some value from, from their audience. And also it was a great opportunity for me to learn from them. So I gladly took that call, gave the person a half hour and I learned an incredible amount and, and they got hopefully something out of it too. But it's not rocket science. You don't have to hire a research firm all the time to get this kind of data. You just have to talk to, to your audience. Um, so again, with, with the timer going off, I, I want, and I see some, some questions in the chat, I want to roll into that. I've got dozens of stories. If you're really that bored, we can get into those. Um, but I think when, when it comes to consumer behavior, the customer always wins, whoever your customer is, right? How do we adapt? How do we look at all those different phases? And how can we also start anticipating, right? And I think there's all the opportunity in the world for you guys to do that. Jason, thank you so much. And at this point, we are going to transition to a few questions. To start, kind of building off uh, your last talking point there, is what can or should brands be doing to shore up that loyalty now and really get connected to their customers? And have you seen anyone doing it particularly well so far? So I, I didn't, that's a great question. I did not mention this, but I, I think that is, this is a tough time depending on what you offer because uh, um, let's take grocery again, but I think there's, there's a lot of sectors where uh, substitution um, and brand substitution is, is high and uh, enabled because uh, loyalty is thrown out the window during a crisis. If you have the thing that I am looking for and it seems reasonably priced, and if the other thing isn't available, even if it served me well for years or decades, I'm going with your brand um, no matter what that is. And I think it's just how, how can you become believable? Um, how can you also back up and say, what do we really offer as an organization? Uh, I've seen two, I'm clearly in love with food. Um, good thing you can only see me from the chest down today. I, this has not been good for my waistline. The, um, there's, there's, a, there's a national example and a local example I want to give you around grocery. Um, Panera backed up and they said, what do we have in abundance, right? They have food, they have prep kitchens. Um, and what do, their, what do their customers want? So instead of taking in, for example, tomatoes, dicing them up, putting them on sandwiches, they started taking them off the trucks and selling them whole. So Panera Grocery was born. I don't know if anyone's used it yet. But they were able to spin up a great um, uh, online ordering system so that you can come and get your sandwich, but you can also get the basic supplies, the, the, the meats, the, the cheeses, and the, the, the fruits and veggies that you might need for a few days. Um, for City Brewing over in the uh, Duck Island neighborhood between Tremont and Ohio City also did the same thing. So you can go and get your beer to go there. And then they're selling Tide behind you. That was very, that would have been very odd a couple months ago. Today is like, well, if I live near there and I can go and get my beer and get some basic staples, heck yeah, I'll buy Tide from my local brewer. Good on them, right? So I think those are the opportunities. What can you back up and be there to serve for? And frankly, it's also asking. Um, not everything's a home run, but 
it's it's asking your customer how you can best serve them, right? When especially when not when you're not in mass. Um, but as Panera showed, they can also do that at mass. So. Hey, so as you think about uh, so many people going online and being able to order and serve customers that way, how do you differentiate yourself? How does someone find you online? How do you find your audience? Yeah, that's it's tough, right? Because um, if everyone runs online, whether you're asking for a donation or you're asking for participation or you're asking for, uh, you know, a sale or product, right, you've got to stick out. Um, this is this is where you have to uh, look at again your customer and understand how you can best serve them. How do you take friction out? And, and friction is going to be defined differently uh, in different times. So. Like for right now, um, how do I just order what I need to get ordered? I don't want to go to many places, certainly physically. And then, you know what? I don't want to spend the time online looking at much. This is how Amazon has won. Amazon's it's very scary. They have almost 40% of the uh, consumer e-commerce marketplace right now. They've done that, though, months and years at a time to get there. Um, so, you know, they, they've paid attention to all those little things. Let's store the credit card years ago before people go to one click order. Let's know what your order history is. So again, it's, it's, how do you take the friction out? You just make it easier. Um, I think it's rethinking the process, uh, the delivery. Even I had a chat with somebody who ordered some furniture and, um, prior to, to COVID and they, and they had, um, uh, they had an addition put on and they had uh, two different companies uh, that brought furniture in within a couple of days of each other. One company came in, um, didn't really ask her many things, didn't, didn't tell her what they were going to do. Uh, no masks, none of that, just very tone deaf. And uh, she was a little appalled. She was a more appalled. She told me when the second group came in, sent all their policies, procedures prior, um, asked if they would like, it delivered inside the house or outside the house. She never even thought of that being an option. And then told her she didn't need to sign anything. She needed to give a thumbs up after she inspected the furniture. Uh, she, she chose for it to be left on the porch. She inspected it. They were sitting at the truck, the movers, and they took a picture of her with a thumbs up. And they used that as a signature. I don't know how legally binding that is, but from a marketer's perspective, somebody paid attention to the whole process and how many times is she going to tell that story again versus just slapping it on a truck and doing the same old way we've always done it, right? Because sometimes the innovation happens at the front end, but not the whole way through. Now's a great time to be looking at the entire chain of events of whatever you offer. And building in that cyberspace world, what consumer protection trends do you expect to see as more and more activity happens online? Oh, gosh, uh, that is a whole separate discussion in itself. Um, I think in the moment we're going to bypass some things um, in the excuse of ease because you took the friction out. I'm giving you this data. I might have second guessed it. Um, safety, 
to carry, you know, there's a lot of Maslow's hierarchy happening. That's another thing with behavior that we can all just go back and study. What are those five stages of Maslow's hierarchy? Because unfortunately, people will give up a lot to have the safety and security because that's kind of like baseline needs. Um, we have the benefit of studying what's going on, especially in various parts of Asia with contact tracing via phones. Um, the government is watching where people are moving in the name of health. And um, that will be very tough, I think, personally, to push into the United States. But if this doesn't get tapped down um, and keeps flaring up, I can see people saying, I'm willing to give up some personal liberty in order to feel safer. Um, but that's a, that's a huge Pandora's box I won't go any further into. So I think we have time for um, one more quick question here. Uh, so looking ahead, and as we think about the changing landscape and ultimately coming to a new normal, what advice do you have for businesses that are changing and evolving and creating what that new normal is going to be? Uh, I, I'm thankfully, again, I'm seeing and hearing from more organization and especially organizational leaders that are looking at the upside. Uh, this is the biggest reset for organizations that we've ever gone through. And I think now's the time to say, listen, there's no sacred cows. What do we want to do differently? And I'm not a believer in that the world is going to be 180 degrees different, um, but it's certainly changed. And I think a lot of things are going to stick. Um, a lot of those boundaries I mentioned with the, the Gore-Tex quote, you know, I've seen a, a, in a statewide association that played nice with their neighboring states and all of a sudden their language has shifted a lot they want to be more regional multi-state and they're testing that out right now well by all means go for it because any any time like the present right never let a crisis go to waste so i'm a firm believer in you know rip some band-aids off you've been picking at for a while uh it's a terrible analogy but, you know, a lot of organizations, uh, including mine, we have things we've just done and we've put up with. Get rid of it. Clean it out. Move on. And, you know, embrace these new opportunities because your customers are and they don't care how you used to do it. And we have one more request. Can you please repeat the Gore-Tex quote for oh, everybody? Absolutely. So let's see here. So here's, here's, this is from Bill Gore of Gore-Tex. Uh, Companies do their most impactful creative work during a crisis because disciplinary boundaries fly out the window. From a consumer behavior standpoint, no matter who we sell or serve, no one cares about how our org chart, how our internal policies are uh, created or enforced, right? Those have been natural things that have grown or you know, uh, evolved over time in some organizations. Now's the time to say, are they enabling me or getting in the way of ultimately serving that end customer? And I, I just, I love that quote because again, it gives the freedom to think wider within all organizations. 
Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time and your insights today. We greatly appreciate it. And I am going to turn this back over to Marianne to wrap us up. Thanks so much, Rachel. Rachel, Jason, that was amazing. Thank you for those terrific insights. We could have heard you for many more minutes. So I appreciate your giving that concise presentation. So thank you, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you. Thank you for listening to the Voices of Leadership podcast. Check out the show notes to find more information on today's guests and topics. You can find opportunities to learn, connect, and get involved at cleveleads.org. That's C-L-E-V-E-L-E-A-D-S dot O-R-G. Thanks, and see you again soon.